News Radio 590, 106.9 FM, WKUZO. Once again, 53 degrees in Kalamazoo. Time now for this morning's edition of Over the Garden Fence, brought to you by Waddell's Nursery Floral and Garden Center, right there at the corner of Millen and 12th Street. Andy, unavailable to join us in the studio here this morning, so hang on to those comments and questions for next week. But coming up, we still have plenty of great information for you as uh, we do have updated timely topics uh, that we'll get to here in just a moment and then we'll get to some of the previous calls that we've had uh, concerning you know, lilacs, hydrangeas, rosebuds and definitely out in the garden with those tomatoes but uh, first of course we'll join up with our timely tips this morning's edition of Over the Garden Fence on News Radio 590 106.9 FM WKZO. Good morning everybody and welcome to over the Garden Fence, and I am your host, Andy Waddell, and what a beautiful morning for us to think about gardening. You know, Yogi Berra said once, it's not over till it's over, and I'm sure he was referring to the game of baseball. Experienced gardeners should apply the same logic when considering frost in May. The frost-free date for our area is can be considered May 15th. But you know what? It's not over till it's over, as Yogi Berra would say. All gardeners should keep a vigilant eye on the sky and check the weather forecast before planting tender annual flower and vegetable plants. Just what are the limits on plants that are safe to set out now? Nearly all plants we sell in the nursery are safe to plant, with the exception of some annuals that need warm soil, such as zinnias, squash, melons, balsam, and cucumbers. That being said, we could still get a killing frost again. I don't want it, so let's be prepared though. Complete annual bedding plantings near the house first where they are the most protected. As the weather warms, move to the outer garden beds. If frost is in the forecast, water plantings just before the sunset and just after sunrise. An ounce of protection is worth um, a lot until this frosty season is over. Have bed sheets, have small claws, have bushel baskets. Go ahead and cover up your annuals if there is going to be an additional frost. But I think I have seen most of the frost passing us. Don't quote me, though. The other night, many plants were damaged by the 26 degrees earlier, last, earlier in the week. Damaged leaves are blackened and curled. If annual flower or vegetable plants or even new perennials were nipped, I recommend pinching them back or replacing them. Struggling annuals will probably never perform like you'd like. Perennial and flower and woody plants will recover. Prune off the blackened shoots to improve the plant's appearance and even ability to push out new growth. Frosted plants will send out new growth earlier when moisture is applied and proper pruning is done. Lilacs that had new growth and now have been blackened off due to a lot of the frost, prune back all of that wood, clean back to new growth, and spray with fertilome systemic control now. The fungicide will take care of maybe a lot of the new shoots that have been hurt and will have the plant come out of the frost a lot better. Speaking of pruning, as spring flowering shrubs are finished blooming, we talked last week about pruning things like forsythia 
and early spring lilac, early spring spireas. Exceptions kind of to the rule we did not talk about last week is definitely exceptions are cotoneaster and quince. Even now, they are susceptible to fire blight. Prune those when they are dormant. Pruning spring flowering shrubs immediately after blooming will allow the plant to develop spring flower buds this summer for next year's bloom. Pruning spring blooming shrubs later won't hurt the plant, but will reduce the number of flowers next spring. And just remember, after pruning, be sure to fertilize with plant tone and water in to encourage new growth. Just like your hair, there will be new shoots coming on, but with new shoots, new moisture is required. Make sure to water your plants. A walk around the garden this morning, I was just noticing some things that still need attention on our list. Scotch, Austrian, and Mugo pine should be examined carefully this week for infestations of sawfly larvae. One spray will help prevent the larvae from stripping the needles off these pine evergreens. You guys have seen them before. They all move at once. They're all black, and they move and then stop and then move again. Um, those are the ones. They will strip especially loving mugo pines. Eastern tent caterpillar eggs have hatched and are now active on cherry, plum, cotoneaster, and other susceptible plants. Control tent caterpillar by removing the tents and spray with ultra-safe spinosad. Fast-growing broadleaf weeds are very evident in many lawns, <clears throat> including mine. To control, use the latest, most effective weed killer yet, weed-free zone. I spotted a few weeds the other night in my lawn with weed-free zone and on Thursday afternoon had a chance to do some spraying. By Saturday morning, the weeds looked actually very sick. By Monday morning, the weeds were actually brown and contorting. Monday afternoon, we mowed. By Wednesday, all signs of the weeds were gone. Most weed killers make the weed grow to death resulting in a longer curled leaf and tall weed stalks. Weed-free zone stops weed growth instantly with visible results within 24 hours. Weed-free zone is in concentrate or pre-mixed ready-to-use sprayer, and if you are mixing it as a concentrate, make sure you use spreader sticker to help out. Do you guys have ewes in your yard? And I'm not talking about sheep. I'm talking about Japanese ewes like Densiformis, Capitata, which is the pyramidal or brown eye ewes. Black vine weevil are now feeding on the roots of Japanese ewes, rhododendron, hemlock, and azalea plants. The, we the weevil larvae will not only eat the roots of the plants, but it will also cause quick death of the entire plant by girdling the main stem just under the ground. Control black vine weevil with soil drench of fertilome insect control. Landscape English ivy plantings many times during the winter really take a beating. Winter winds will sometimes brown the foliage and know the plant will not be dead, but just looks very unsightly. The planting sometimes of English ivy can be used as a ground cover or growing on walls and grow or growing on trees 
and that winter damaged foliage can be sheared off at this time. Prune it back all damaged leaves and stems to the new growth. Then feed with a spoma tree tone and water in well. Repeat this application in June. Most ivy plantings will recover very nicely if just a little TLC is done now. Do you hear them? I hear them munching. The slugs are munching. Don't be surprised to find holes in the leaves of your hosta, daylily, columbine, or any other perennial plants, as, when it, as well as many annual plants and vegetable plants. Control early measures by reducing of slug populations by working now with it. Scatterings of bug getta pellets around choice plants will surely go a long ways. I'm certain that Southwest Michigan has many spring blossom as any place on earth. I'm not quite sure. This must be one of the nicest states to be in. Spring has really been a dandy. We have been blessed with long, slow parade of flowers that can't be beat. The windlands are carpeted with wildflowers, dogwood, amelanchor, cherry, apple, adorning the forest edges. Miles of beautiful orchards blooming crown many a hillside. Landscapes have been covered with tulips and yellow daffodil blooms. Early rhododendron, flowering crab, dogwood, and redbud have shown their color in many a home, park, or boulevard. I hope each of our over-the-garden friends, over-the-garden fence friends, has had a chance to walk or drive this weekend to enjoy the most colorful place on earth, Southwest Michigan. Now, after that color tour, though, come visit Waddell's Garden Center to pick out some of your own beauty for your own landscaping. For 75 years, Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center has offered extra-hardy, northern-grown plants that have beautified landscapes throughout Kalamazoo and Portage. This year, add a burst of bright color to your yard with a crabapple tree. Choose from pink, white, and red blooms. Or for a little something fragrant, add a lilac shrub. Several varieties to choose from, including the new Bloomerang Repeat Blooming Lilac Shrub. Of course, if you're looking for something to bloom from early summer through the first frost, a hydrangea is for you in gorgeous blues, whites, purples, and pinks. From trees to shrubs to climbing vines, it's planting time at Waddell's. Dealing with sunny and shady spots throughout your yard? Don't know what will make the best curb appeal? Come talk to the garden experts at Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center, located on Texas Drive at the corner of Millam and 12th Streets. Call 345-1195 for curbside pickup and shop anytime at waddells.com. Earlier in our conversation, we were talking about dogwood and redbud. The need to care for valuable dogwood trees in our landscaping has never been greater. Anthracnose is a disease and is very widespread in Southwest Michigan to a lot of our dogwoods, native or varieties that have been moved in. Dead branch tips are often the first signs of dogwood anthracnose infection. Plants in deep shade are the most vulnerable and native unprotected trees, most area um, like that, most trees are killed. The following care tips will help us keep our dogwoods healthy. That is one of my favorite plants. So we got to make sure a little TLC will go a long ways. First, provide a wind-protected environment. If you guys notice, dogwood are always growing along a wood's edge. 
and reaching their little heads out into the sun, meaning cool roots, warm top. Prune nearby trees so dogwoods at least receive one half day of sun exposure. Remove water sprouts promptly around the trunk. Do not allow those to grow for they will take out energy from the main part of the plant. Prune out dead branches and twigs if they are present. Always using pruning paint to cover the wounds. Be sure to destroy, not let drop the prunings around the ground. Spay vulnerable dogwood trees with halt systemic fungicide after rainy periods. Most importantly, May 1st through June 15th. From August 1st through September, spray dogwood trees every two weeks with fungicide. Do not get foliage wet when irrigating dogwoods. We've said that with blue spruce. This is another one, everybody. Try to keep your dogwoods dry. The roots moist, but not the tops. Encourage dogwood with yearly feedings of hollytone fertilizer um, every fall and keeping competitive grass of, of the... Um, Keeping competitive grass clear of the root zone. Mulch with two inches of cedar or wood chips to the drip line and water during the summer dry spells. And let's say that whole sentence over because we messed up. So do not get the foliage wet during your, and we'll do it a third time. Messed up again. Do not get foliage wet when irrigating dogwoods. Encourage dogwoods with yearly feeding of hollytone fertilizer and make sure to keep competitive grass clear of the root zone. Mulch within two inches. We're going to try it a fourth time. Do not get foliage wet when irrigating dogwoods. Encourage dogwoods with yearly feeding of hollytone fertilizer. Keep competitive grass clear of the root zone and mulch with two inches of cedar or fir wood chips to the drip line and water during the summer dry spells. Right now to improve the health and appearance of landscape trees and ornamental plants and shrubs requires a balanced fertilization program. In the forest and other natural environments, the decom decom decomposition, well, we're butchering things today, Jim. Um, let's start over. <clears throat> Top of the list. To improve the health and appearance of landscape trees and ornamentals requires a balanced fertilization program. In the forest and other natural environments, the decomposition of leaves and other organic material provides a natural nutrient source for the plants. The urban landscape does not have this natural source of nutrients and is often void of organic matter because of the natural topsoil was removed. Poor soil is unable to maintain good healthy growth and may result in nutrient deficiencies. Thus, we are forced to provide nutrients through a fertilization program. Proper feeding program will not only improve the health and the appearance of the plant, but can also reduce the amount of damage from insects, disease, and physical stress. This should reduce pesticide usage and plant replacement. Fertilizer blends are also you select are extremely critical for a healthy program. Many fertilizers on the market contain high levels of salt, chlorine, or insoluble materials. These fertilizers were not designed for tree and ornamental feeding, but rather for agricultural crops or turf, which can be tolerant of these toxins. 
Personally, I recommend feeding with Espoma products, with Espoma tree tone on ornamental trees and plant tone on your shrubs once every year. Proper feeding of landscape trees is important to their health and the appearance. Don't neglect your valuable trees. They are much easier to keep healthy than to replace. Next on our list, definitely we've talked many times, but we're going to encourage you now to work on your clematis. Customers at the garden center are often asking us how to improve clematis vines and to encourage them to bloom more. Again, the following is a formula for great clematis. Remember, clematis are heavy feeders. So every April, feed clematis with one half cup of sulfate of potash and 10 pounds of composted cow manure. Clematis vines are heavy feeders and appreciate, appreciate frequent feeding and water-soluble root and bloom plant food. Plants should receive one gallon of liquid plant food every two weeks, April through August. In July, believe it or not, feed with another one-half cup of potash. From April through September, clematis vines require at least four gallons of water a week. And again, we are talking about the roots, not the top. Mulch clematis vines with at least two inches of coca mulch to keep the root zone cool and moist. Be sure to keep the mulch four inches away from the stem or the crown to make sure they don't rot. Spray clematis vines with fungicide to help prevent disease. Younger vines are very susceptible to the wilt. Spray every two weeks in April and May, then once a month in June through September. In September, again, feed one half cup of bone meal and 15 pounds of cow manure around each vine to make them go to bed. Put them away, they will come out enjoying good flower in the springtime. Be aware that tick season has begun. Outdoor enthusiasts of all types are encountering ticks in parks, woods, fields, and gardens. Deer ticks that were once rare to southwest Michigan have joined in on the plentiful dog tick, latching themselves to us and to our pets. Ticks have been known to transmit Lyme disease and Rocky Mountain spotted fever. When working or playing in tick-infested areas, protect you and your family and your dog by using uh, repellents, wearing pants tucked into the socks, and secure them with a rubber band. Rid garden and landscaped areas with tick with 38 um, plus. It's a permethrin spray or with uh, uh, granulars that could go in the natural areas in the long, tall grasses. And this will help protect from ticks, ants, fleas, and other unwanted pests. This week, MLive had a video of a dust devil, a little mini tornado couple nights ago just to show how dry it was. I swear that was out where I live. The dust devil that I seen went hundreds of feet in the air and so far looks like a very dry season ahead. The tractors in the field by our house you couldn't even see with the dust around the vehicle and plow or disc. The uh, vehicle was just engulfed with dust. Coming off that machinery was that dust devil going high up into the sky. Knowing this season, 
is going to be very dry compared to a couple years ago, which we were very wet. Drip, drip irrigation is the way to go. Easy to set up, easy to install, easy to sit back and to enjoy. Your, your easy efforts is actually a great payoff. Timers, drippers, sprayettes are all sold at Waddell's Garden Center and easy to set up and with a little elbow grease and time, you can make an easy system running off a half inch main line off your faucet, using a brass splitter so you can still use your hose. Running your main line, whether it be a vegetable garden or a perennial bed, and then off that running quarter inch drip lines to each little plant and then setting a timer up so you can bury the line with mulch or cocoa mulch or cedar mulch afterwards so you don't see it. And that plant, you can kind of lean back and know that you're taking care with the summer moisture that might not be there. You know, there's nothing quite like the feeling of an accomplishment when you when you eat at home fruits, vegetables, and herbs that you grew. Blueberries and raspberries actually are a great addition to your garden. Drip irrigation, blueberries love. Blueberries love moist ground, something uh, um, not all plants like. Heavy wet loam growing in peat moss or peat bog is what blueberries love best. So before you plant, bring in a sample of your soil to Waddell's Garden Center for you guys know it, what Jim always says on WKZO, bring in soil sample for a pH test. Blueberries require acidic, well-drained soil and full sun. Keep in mind, you'll need to plant more than one variety of blueberry for cross-pollination. Here's uh, just some ideas to make sure that you know two of the same variety will not work. Client came in the other day explaining why she had not had berries and she had a whole row of blueberries and wondering why nothing was nothing was producing until we did some discovery and realized she had only bought one variety. <clears throat> there is no way that blueberries will cross-pollinate with themselves. So maybe a list that you could look at like Blue Ray, Blue Crop, Bonus, Duke, Legacy or Sweetheart are just some of the varieties that we carry on the blueberries. Depends on the um, early, mid, or late season. This gives you uh, an abundance of uh, different varieties that you can harvest and enjoy for yourself. How about raspberries like Anne, Jewel, Jacqueline, or Ohio Treasure? I treasure a handful of red raspberries in my hand for sure is one of my favorite. So there are just a few ideas, maybe some things that you can do in your garden today to uh, maybe uh, help out improve and have some success as a green thumber. Wouldn't you like to do something green for the environment? Planting trees and plants from Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center is the original green thing to do to improve your environment. They're known for the largest selection of quality plants around. What benefits will you get from planting in your outdoor living area? Plants produce oxygen as they absorb carbon dioxide. In fact, the average tree produces enough oxygen for a family of four for a year. 
Plus, trees provide shade for your home, thus lowering your energy bill. And did you know planting is the immediate increase in your property value? So whether you're looking to add beauty, make a statement, or help the environment, turn to Waddell's for top-quality Michigan-grown plants of all sizes. And as always, you can rely on the garden experts at Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center, located on Texas Drive at the corner of Millam and 12th Streets. Call 345-1195 for curbside pickup and shop anytime at waddells.com. These are previous callers with some pertinent information, and we'll start off with caller Evelyn talking about Wylock. Hey, morning, morning, Evelyn. How are you? Good. Good. How can I be of help today? Well, my question is, we purchased from you people quite a couple years ago a lilac tree. Yes. And it's flowering now. I think it's the French lilac. Mm-hmm. But uh, the leaves have gotten brown, and they're falling, and one side of the tree looks really bad. Okay. And, and Evelyn, I'm not 100% sure because I have not seen the tree. So there's two things we're going to say that what Jim and I were just talking about. Evelyn, is this in a spot out in the yard? Has it gotten some really dry feet? Um, is it a spot where it might have flowered and then because of the last 10 days, two weeks, it's gotten really dry and the top foliage is just starting to drop? Or, Evelyn, is it in... Has it changed somehow? Is it too wet? Is it in standing water by chance? So those are my first two questions. Not in standing water. Okay. Okay. We do have a sprinkler system, which is now hooked up. It hadn't been hooked up earlier because we had so much rain. Yep. Um, and it is out in the in the yard, so mm-hmm. it's away from the house probably by 10 feet. No problem. No problem. So, and Evelyn, is it the, um, it's the white flowering one that's flowering right now? Yes. Yeah, so it's an ivory silk or Japanese. And you, you, um, yes, yep. that's what it is, that's, ivory silk. Yep. You bet, you bet, which is a great variety. So the, there is, and lilacs can get the um, uh, powdery mildew or they can get a uh, fungus also. So broad spectrum or daconil is what I would probably look at spring. And what I might say is bring some leaves in. And I want right. to see, Evelyn, are they dropping when they're pliable? Are they dropping when they're crispy? That'll tell us big thing right away. If the foliage they're is crispy, yeah, they're crispy. they're crispy right away. I bet I would say automatically that is probably just making sure maybe a little different change in in its watering. Um, are is the automatic sprinkler hitting? Can you put a rain gauge to see how much water is getting on the plant by chance? Number two, where the leaves are dropping, Evelyn, are there buds that are green on the end? So can you scratch your um, finger on the buds on the tips that have no leaves on them right now. You said one side was worse than the other. Correct. Uh, is any well, of that? That's where it started, and it looks like it's going to circle the tree. Yeah. So is any of that bark or those branches alive? Can you just snap it off, or is there new buds on them that are might relief out because of the because of a drought? Okay. Number well, three, by chance, is it getting weed whipped? Is there mulch around it? By chance, is it getting maintained where somebody is weed whipping it every week? Just by chance? No. Of, okay. Just just trying to it, put it, scenarios it together. It rocks around it, so no. Okay. So rocks around it, I would probably say rocks have a benefit in Evelyn because rocks are there five years later. But rocks allow no cooling to its roots whatsoever, and then it also can freeze 
really hard freeze and thaw. You think of a dirt road, that's the first to freeze and the first to thaw. So think of river rock being the same way. So why not around the landscaping, keep keep the rock. I'm not saying you need to redo the whole landscaping, but maybe around the drip line of the tree, could that go to maybe mulch, something that keep the roots cool? So first we got to see if, if your branches are alive, if there's tips on them, I'd, I'd really bring in some samples of the branch foliage and some of those leaves. If it's something that we can save, the first thing we'd have to stimulate some root growth immediately to see if we can get leaves because <clears throat> I'll just say a tree with no leaves in the summer, Evelyn, is not going to make it next year very good. So um, stop in. Let's see if we can get some answers because it might be a fungus and it just might be lack of water or a change of the pattern. So um, a rain gauge, Evelyn, will tell you wonders about what your drip or what your sprinkler is doing as you just set it by the tree and have it run a zone and come back and see how much is in that rain gauge. Okay. For 75 years, Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center has offered extra hardy, northern-grown plants that have beautified landscapes throughout Kalamazoo and Portage. This year, add a burst of bright color to your yard with a crabapple tree. Choose from pink, white, and red blooms. Or for a little something fragrant, add a lilac shrub. Several varieties to choose from, including the new Bloomerang Repeat Blooming Lilac Shrub. Of course, if you're looking for something to bloom from early summer through the first frost, a hydrangea is for you in gorgeous blues, whites, purples, and pinks. From trees to shrubs to climbing vines, it's planting time at Waddell's. Dealing with sunny and shady spots throughout your yard? Don't know what will make the best curb appeal? Come talk to the garden experts at Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center, located on Texas Drive at the corner of Millam and 12th Streets. Call 345-1195 for curbside pickup and shop anytime at waddells.com. Well, my corn and beans are doing good, but my tomato plants have, they're brown on the tip of them. Okay. The very tips of the tomato plants. And I'm not sure what that is caused from. Yep. And it's got to be tomato has got to be stress of some form or another. And I probably either Mm -hmm. at one time, Lynn, and I'm not saying you're doing bad watering habits, but maybe one time or another when there was a little drier, we got some 90 degree heat the other day. Maybe some of those tips Mm -hmm. might have burned from that. Number two, okay. think right. of the dewy mornings, some of the mornings we've had. Maybe you might just get a little fungus on them. And there is, uh, you know, you could put on a uh, vegetable spray that would be like triple action, and that would be mm-hmm. safe for the tomato and us and still okay. take care of uh, fungus on the on the tomato itself. So if it's okay. dotted it or it is my fertile home, yes, ma'am. Okay, I got some of that. All right, number two, Linda. Tomatoes, Mm -hmm. they love to be mulched. So as you're Mm -hmm. watering, the water doesn't splash on the ground and bring sometimes fungus back up to the plant. So Mm -hmm. put put cedar mulch, maybe some of your grass clippings around them, and you'll see that they'll mat and keep the ground cooler. Number three, it is a succulent, Linda. If you Mm -hmm. have to... Prune off that foliage as fast as you can get some of that foliage out of there instead of having that um, continue. Um, Clip that out of there. Make sure you don't do overhead watering. Try to do ground-based watering so you don't water the foliage of the plant. Tomatoes love a good feeding. I was going to talk about that Mm -hmm. in our notes this morning, but, Linda, I'm glad you called. Blooming and rooting, which is by Fertilome again, it's a Mm -hmm. nine- 
58.8. It is like um, it'll make tomatoes on steroids, but done the right way because you, it builds um, good good fruit and as well as building, building good stem and plant quality at the same time. So uh, instead okay. of just putting like on a 12-12-12 or a heavy nitrogen, which they're not after. Okay. So um, We have our tomatoes in like big plastic tubs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that we put holes in the bottom and put rocks in the bottom. Oh, love it. And then planted them in that. Yep. Because we have a real problem with uh, disease, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, in my area. So I was wondering if, I mean, it probably would take more water, do you think? It probably will. Above ground? And, yep. And okay. you got to figure above ground, yep, they're going to get a little bit uh, drier quicker. And the black mm-hmm. does kind of accentuates the heat that's what the pots are though a lot of nursery pots are all in black there's very few Mm. clear pots so um yeah Mm -hmm. that just make sure they keep cool and maybe um you could even mulch the top of the pot you know put the mulch right in the you bet yeah so there's some tips on tomatoes keep keep um, i have a question about my irises mm -hmm. sorry no though good go Um, ahead my, I have a clump of irises that didn't bloom this year. Um, usually they're really heavy with blooms, and these are not. So I don't know why, but what it is. And then I also have wild oats growing up in the middle of them. <laughs> and I wanted to know, how do I get rid of oh, them? Linda. so entwined with the irises. Yep. So, Linda, you're describing what our grounds department is just about to do with all our iris at the store. After a couple years, it is nice to split and lift them and a lot of times mm-hmm. when you bring them up and out the foliage might be withering back now if they're a german bearded iris yep. they're probably mm-hmm. starting to wither those can be lifted okay. a lot of times the mm-hmm. old mother plant will get bore and the outside mm-hmm. baby plants is the only thing that flowers in the center hollows out so they love okay. iris love bone meal and sand mm-hmm. As far as replanting them, split them up, look the eyes over or the rhizomes over, kind of take a scissor and cut and peel away the bad and leave the good. Reset Mm -hmm. them in about, oh, July 15th is probably when you could do this fairly fairly easy. Maybe July 4th, you'll start seeing that Mm -hmm. heavy wither back on those German beards. Slice those back down to about six inches and transplant them. Mm-hmm. When you're setting those okay. in, make sure the bone meal is mixed in with the iris, then they'll set their flower better for next year. News Radio 590 106.9 FM WKZO. This has been today's edition of Over the Garden Fence with your host, Andy Waddell. Make sure you tune in each and every Saturday morning during the growing season, 9 a.m. Andy will be back in the studio next Saturday morning, so make sure you have your comments and questions handy. Best of Kalamazoo mornings with Ken Lanfear and 10 o'clock comes Kalamazoo Housing Today on WKZO.